Welcome to McKnight's Long-Term Care Newsmakers Podcast, where we share the latest information and views from industry leaders. Hi, I'm McKnight's Long-Term Care News Senior Editor, Kim Marcellus. About this time last year, I, like many of you, read in awe about devastating events unfolding in Monette, Arkansas, one of several towns to be hit by an outbreak of severe December tornadoes. The heroics inside the Monette Manor nursing home that Friday night were life-saving and inspirational, with nurses recounting some harrowing scenes that sounded like something made up in Hollywood. The building was ultimately destroyed by the EF3 Twister, but due to emergency planning and practice, as well as the quick response of caregivers, one resident died out of 67. Today, Monette Manor co-owner Rick Sampson is here to tell us what happened after the spotlight went away and when the work of rebuilding began. So Rick, I know you have a lot to share with us about what's happened with your facility, your residents, and your staff in the years since that tornado, but thought we might start back in 2021. Can you recount for us a little bit of your initial experience in responding to the tornado and how you spent the early days kind of getting your footing and and making sure your team was able to uh, ensure good quality for the residents that had to be moved? Well, first of all, uh, in some ways it seems like it's... uh not been a year and others it seems like it's been much longer than that it's been a long road to recovery Uh, the facility was completely destroyed by the tornado and it left us a an aftermath of uh, dealing with uh, everything from relocating the residents to uh, protecting uh, the property and and getting everybody in a safer place the weather after the uh, tornado it actually hit the building was pretty still pretty uh, pretty bad and so we were faced with uh, trying to um, triage the residents getting them out and having to relocate them fortunately our local school came and provided us a place uh, to to take them and and so that we could uh, make plans for the relocation and where they were going to go so we did have a, at least a dry place uh, after that to get them in and meet their needs. You know, we were just so blessed. Uh, I live in this community and I'm a part part of the community and just seeing the outpour of everyone to come out and support us at this time, you know, our EMTs, our uh, the community, the nurses that live in positions that live in the community, everyone was there and provided, um, you know, the things that they could do and and getting these people or these residents uh, taken care of and relocated. And it was pretty apparent from that night, Rick, that you would have to rebuild? Well, I can assure you that night, uh, we didn't think about anything other than uh, getting everybody out and getting everybody taken care of. But when we did have a chance to uh, look at it, there was no doubt that it was completely, completely destroyed and that we would have to rebuild. So I guess an important question, you know, for anybody who would find themselves in this very uh, traumatic situation is how important are the plans and the partnerships maybe that you had to be able to move residents into other facilities nearby, uh, keep them near their families, but again, also ensuring the continuity of care that they could get their medications, all of those things. We're totally blessed with a tight knit group of uh, area facilities and they all poured out to help us. You know, they, they sent bands when they could and and just uh, anything that they could do. Some of them even sent staff to help us with the triage and the relocation. So we had a we had a great group of neighbors that came out 
uh, neighboring facilities that came out to help us with this effort. And, you know, it's so important for families to, to have these residents as close to them as they possibly can, and even more so in a disaster like this because they didn't know uh, anything about uh, uh, the conditions and what what they were dealing with, and they couldn't obviously couldn't get access the uh, the area where it was struck by the tornado. You know, and another um, thing that we really uh, made it a lot more difficult is that we lost all utilities, and by that I mean cell service, landlines, internet. I mean electricity. I mean there was nothing that we had is to, to help us, uh, you know, with the communication process that night. So it was a lot of uh, uncertainty involved at the time. So can you remind us kind of, uh, or update us, I guess, where are your residents that uh, are still with you and uh, where is your staff today? Well, as I said earlier, you know, we had a bunch of wonderful neighbors and, and our residents uh, went to them. Uh, they also, some of our staff chose to go with them, which was a wonderful thing because they could, they, they were familiar with the residents. They knew their habits. They knew their likes. And, and it made it, 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 it was a much more of a uh, reassuring thing for the residents to have somebody with them that they knew. And so that was a good thing as well. As I said earlier, you know, communication was, um, very, very, very difficult, almost uh, non-existent that night. So uh, although we worked through the night with the relocation process, some of, some of our administrative staff uh, uh, gathered the next morning when we did have uh, utilities and we immediately uh, started contacting families and letting them know where, where they were, if they didn't already know, and who they could, look, who they could uh, um, get in touch with to uh, to uh, check on their conditions and things like that. So, so about how many facilities in all did, did the residents go to? Probably, um, probably in a, an area of eight or so. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I just think I, I think you had about sixty five, sixty seven residents, and you know, you, you really have to make sure that there are enough openings. You know, you might have a plan, but then when things happen, there might not be beds available at whoever you've identified as a partner. So that's probably really mm-hmm. critical. And that's part of a that's part of a plan, and to to know under you know these conditions how many residents you could take at a given time in case something like this happened to a neighbor, and most of them did. You know they they came to us with we've got three beds, five beds, or whatever the case happened to be, and and we were able to use that in determining how many that we could ship to each facility. And on another thing is, uh, it seems like these things always happen at at an inopportune time. And this is a Friday night and close to the holidays on top of that. So, uh, you know, it was just admirable that these people came out to help when most of them or a lot of them had other things that they needed to be doing. So. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I remember seeing some of the pictures of that and, and just the the video where it's completely dark and you know it's uh, you've got all kinds of people who maybe are with the nursing home and then a lot who clearly aren't and just wanted to help in some way. So it was very moving. And Rick, I know one of the reasons you wanted to talk to us was to, to share some lessons. So um, one thing I want to ask is about the building. I understand that broke ground in the summertime. So I want to know where you are with that. But also, you know, from the lessons learned, uh, did that help change how you designed the building? And also anything new you've incorporated into emergency plans based on what you learned? Well, obviously, the answer to that is yes, we did. Um, 
immediately um, when we uh, started the design process, one of the first things that, that we uh, uh, that we talked with our architect and engineers is, you know, what can we do differently? And so they assured us that anything that that um, could be done was put into the plans and, and we feel very comfortable with our design. As I said earlier, you know, I live in this community and I've always known how uh, important a nursing home is to community, but that's no exception with us. And and so the decision was, um, you know, pretty easy. We want to come back and we want to provide a home for our residents and a place to work for our staff again and, and bring something this important back to the community. So, so that decision happened pretty quickly. We started with plans, uh, getting them uh, drawn up and approved and through the regulatory process. And we did break ground in July. And now we're about uh, probably about 75% through with our framing process. Oh, and and uh, hopefully uh, weather permitting, we'll have a rip on pretty soon. Terrific. And uh, do you have a, a timeline or a goal that you want to be in that building? Well, we want to be in tomorrow, but obviously <laughs> of course. that's not going to happen. But building is a little unpredictable now for, for materials and supplies and labor. But we're still optimistic that everything's going to go well and we're looking at a summer opening date. And Rick, do you think any of your residents will come back? I know there is always the issue of, of a transfer and a move for long-term care residents, um, but do you hope to reunite some of them? Well, we certainly think some of them will be back and uh, we are in communication with families and, and everybody on a constant basis. And, you know, like I said, when you live in a community and you go to the grocery store and all these places, ball games, you see these families and you know, they, they let you know that we're looking forward to coming back. And how about your staff? I, I know, obviously, this was traumatic for them, but also many of them were affected outside of work with their families being impacted or maybe their homes. How have you supported them? Well, a lot of the staff, you know, experienced damage from the tornado, just like the facility did, and they had their own issues to deal with. But we've tried to be very supportive and helpful and helping them um, get resources that they needed to deal with their own problems as well. You know, our staff has, like I said earlier, gone, gone to work in a lot of the uh, local uh, facilities close by. And, you know, if it works for them, that's good. If they want to come back, then we certainly would welcome them back. All right, and then I want to go back to that that emergency planning piece because I know your plan was followed, anticipated. I believe it was practiced earlier that afternoon, and and that was so critical. Um, but again, any any lessons learned or changes that you might have made to strengthen that, and again, things other people might want to consider. You know, I think the thing that we learned, or that I personally learned, is that plans work, and you have one for a reason, and. You know, it was an opportunity for the staff to be reactionary instead of trying to figure things out as they went along that night. And they carried that plan out remarkably. And I, I just, I'm, I'm still just absolutely um, blown away by the fact that uh, they were able to do what they did, you know, for those residents and making them feel like uh, this is going to be okay under conditions when. It was hard to think anyone was going to be okay. Absolutely. Got them through it. And, and, you know, they were willing to sacrifice themselves, it sounded like. so. After you got time to really talk to people and heard the war stories and the things that they did, the singing, the praying, the laying on top of the residents, moving debris, that's when you really felt like, gosh, these guys are amazing. 
play a role. Absolutely. Well, Rick, I want to thank you for recounting this for us and, and giving us an update. I know a lot of people were rooting for you, the building and your community when the story broke. And I know they'll be happy to hear there's some positive developments. Of course, continued congratulations to your staff for doing their jobs with such commitment and, and the compassion that they showed. Hope you all stay healthy and safe out there. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to McKnight's Long-Term Care Newsmakers podcast. For the latest in long-term care news, visit McKnight's.com.